It's Wednesday, August 24, 2022, and this is Rare Encounter, Encounter number 111, and Rocking the Lobster, I'm Cold Acid. And filling in for Able Kirby for some reason, you can call me Unable Kirby. I'm Sir Sir Seetzer. Yeah, no Able Kirby today. He is off in Britain somewhere. Uh, I think music festival or something. So he is not around, and therefore it has fallen on you, good sir, sir seat sitter, to be my guest co-host for tonight. I'm honored. Um, do you think a- Abel Kirby will pr- pick up a British accent while he's there? I hope so. Oh, the little poly wall shinky got a little little bit of a problem, huh? I think it'd be very funny if he came back and all he could do is like speak in Britishisms. What's a, you know, and, what's a good example of and a start doing thing, You know, like like calling the trunk of a car the boot. Okay, yeah, they, yeah, call, they yeah. call it the boot for some reason. The boot. As opposed to Canadians yeah. who call things they're talking about, they, ref, they say, a boot that. Well, not all of us do, but uh, some of us are definitely all about the uh, Canadian accent. I love it. What are you drinking on today, Mr. Coldhead? Oh, I got the usual uh, Haritos. It is a... Uh, pineapple-flavored Haritos today. Mmm. I've got a Devil's Backbone, Devil's Backbone Brewing Company's own Vienna Lager. It's mild toasted with subtle caramel notes. It's uh, just an easy-drinking lager. It's fine. Nothing special. It's all right. Yeah, but it probably probably better than the, than the uh, gas station stuff that Abel Kirby's been bringing to the show lately. Yeah. What's he drinking? Like, has he gone to, like, Reds or... Um, was it Hard Rock Cafe has those hurricanes now? I have no idea. It seems to be like one one like gas station brand after another. He had like a disgusting cider recently. Son- do they have Sonics in Canada? They probably don't, do they? The Sonic driving. No, we don't. Well, we have, have Arby's though. Okay. Which well, is good. which is horrible. Yeah. Well, it it is what it is. It, there's definitely worse than Arby's, but. Um, but yeah, point being, I, in the gas stations now, I'm seeing Sonic brand hard seltzers. That sounds horrible. Yeah. I don't know is. why anybody would drink just seltzer soda water on its own to begin with. Yeah, I, it's I like, need I'd rather flavor. just drink water. Yeah, I want to taste my yeah. alcohol at least a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, what's the it's point? Like, yeah. If I want, if I, if I want something carbonated, it's not just carbonated water. It's carbonated flavored water. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I've been drinking beer. <laughs> but uh, so we what did do we get have a, on the dock? Oh, we got uh, I got stuff about eyeballs, uh, space, uh, a couple getting caught uh, in flagrante. Ooh. And camels. Okay, this I'm uh, I'm excited for all this. Yeah, I, I put them I, all together, and you get something uh, real amazing. I bet. Yeah, and you add my cherry on top. I brought sewage and poop related news from the last couple days. Awesome. That sounds yeah. gross. It is. We've got, we've got some sewage-related news of our own around here. <laughs> nice. But uh, before we get on to the stories, I should uh, I should read out the boost that came in since the last episode and announce who our executive producer of tonight's episode. And that person is none other than Kieran Down of the Mere Mortals podcast, who sent in a large amount of sats across uh, a few different uh, boosts and so we're gonna start off i'll start off reading his the first one he sent well these were all sent like within a few minutes of each other and they were all sent 
uh, in the evening after last, yesterday's episode, or last week's episode, not yesterday's, what am I thinking? Anyway, I'll, I'll read off the first message, and he says, Many apologies, guys. I boosted in with both of your nodes were down and forgot to reboost. I can't tell if I should give people a warning that I'm going to put them in a split. I think it's a nice surprise, but I can also understand why having a bunch of 10 sats filling up your helipad might be annoying. Anywho, enjoy! The next one, sent like three minutes later, there's enough negativity in the world, so I focus on the positive stuff and will only provide some constructive criticism if it's really egregious. V for V isn't really a review show either, so I mostly want to be focusing on the technique slash implementation rather than the actual content. Uh, for, for this show, that's probably a good idea anyways. And then his last one, not Naruto fans, huh? Maybe One Piece is more up your alley. No, your tastes are far are much more refined than mine. The most far out I get are things like Berserk or Steins Gate. Yes, he 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 is just watching the plebeian animus. He doesn't he doesn't watch he doesn't watch like you know the the high class stuff like Boku no Pico. Are you speaking English or no? <laughs> no, I've I've heard of some of that stuff mainly because of this show. So I'm just going to smile and nod and say yes, very exquisite. Mm, yes, quite. Yeah, given 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 the content of Boku no Pico, that is probably for the best. <laughs> okay. Which I I will admit I have not actually watched it, but the memes about it are more than enough for me. Boku no Pico. Our next uh, yeah, our next donator was Carolyn Blaney, who sent in her usual eighty eight eighty eight sats before the show with the message "break a leg" and the leg emoji. Then. We got another one here from uh, an anonymous donor. Oops, wrong button. And our anonymous donor sent in 8888 sats as well and said, don't tell anybody, but I'll be listening to Rare Encounter. Uh, <laughs> I guess for them, it is a, uh, it is, what's it? Like, a, you know, like something special, you don't want to admit to. It's their special little private time. Yeah. Well, sorry, I'm here to ruin All it right, for you, uh, anonymous donor. Oh, you're probably making it better for him. I don't I don't know if I want to. <laughs> <laughs> and there are there was two more boosts that came in just before the show started, both of them from Booberry. The first 8888 sats and he said, "First boost failed to cold acid, so we'll have to wait till next week to find out what I said." Well, looking forward to it, Booberry. The second the second one he sent there's not enough IMO, and that was, I suppose, in regard to the conversation we had before the show about the anti-Semitism and hentai on the Fediverse uh, <laughs> fire hose. I, was... I hope he means there's not enough anime titties, because that I can definitely agree with. There's never enough anime titties on the Fediverse. Yeah. Um, I did see, I think it was... <sighs> anime. I didn't even. I think it wasn't even federated. It was on note. Well, maybe I shouldn't say this. It was. You will say it was federated. I was scrolling through, and there was some meme of like the old guy sitting at the computer, you know, scrolling, and then he looks at the camera with his coffee mug, and it's like, "Oh, hide the pain, Harold." Yeah. So it's him looking at the computer, and he's like, "Wow, they they really treated the Jews horribly in World War II. I need to look up why they did that." And then the next image is just him in a full on like Nazi hat and swastika garb and everything. So oh God. Like, Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, so there's yeah, a lot of some, that some on, of those, on, uh, the, on the Federated Network there. Oh yeah, there there are some instances that are 
that are all about the racism, and then there's others that are all about the uh, anime titties and Viju. And uh, those two communities seem to uh, have a lot of crossover. There is. There is a surprising amount of crossover, which, at least for me, the funniest thing that I saw with that sort of crossover is the whole K-On Nazi meme. Where they're taking they're taking the girls who are the who are the main characters from a show called Kaon from years and years ago and and making like Nazi edits so that they're like wearing SS uniforms or doing Nazi salutes and stuff. I'm like, I can't believe people spend time on this. Unbelievable. Oh, the internet's a strange place, man. It is. It is filled with real strange things. But so's the real world. Ooh, sounds and like you to have start, a lead in. To start us up, yeah, yeah. And to start to start things off, we got a couple of Ferris wheel fuckers. That that is to say, they were fucking on the Ferris wheel. Okay. They're not, not making love. Fucking to the Ferris the wheel. Ferris wheel. Okay. Yeah, they're they're making love inside one of those uh, Ferris wheel cabins. Hasn't everyone uh, done that? Uh, not in full view of a bunch of miners. Okay, well, yeah, I haven't done that, but I you know it's nighttime. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, Statue of Limitations. I'll I'll admit to, like, partaking in this, but yeah, you don't do it at, like, a family children's carnival. You don't do it on a full Ferris wheel. No, you you do it on the adult Ferris wheel after dark. (laughs) Exactly. But yeah, so this was, this was about last week that this was published, and yeah, there was a couple, and they, from the, from the mugshots, they don't seem to be the most attractive people either. Um... they were observed having sexual intercourse on the past Sunday. I guess that would have been, what, if the 17th was when this was being published, the Sunday would have been the 14th. So yeah, evening of the 14th, so 8.30, which is, yeah, that's evening, but it's still light out in Ohio at that time. And yeah, so two kids and a pair of 18-year-olds all stated they saw the woman's bare butt and the man's penis, cops reported. Wow. They also, they could also feel the car, the uh, cabin shaking, and they were observing the the couple moving back and forth. Maybe they were just dancing. Not, not only that, they, they saw that they were, that they were being observed, and they just, they laughed and continued on. Okay, well that's where you run into problems, right there. Yeah, it's a little. Yeah, it's what little you're supposed like to do a... is you don't laugh, you stare at the other people to establish dominance. Dead in the eyes. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's kind of like so you know parent, yeah. taking a piss in public, and then uh, somebody sees you, and you just like not only continue but make eye contact with them and start walking towards them. It's the equivalent of that. Exactly. <laughs> I'm glad you had apparently fun. one of one of these. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Oh, sorry. 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 Go ahead. Yeah. One of the kids said that that she was very shaken up about it, and it was very traumatizing. Which makes me wonder, like, like is she from like one of those like super religious communities where they believe if you have sex, you're going to hell or something? Well, how old was the person who said they were shaken up by it? It doesn't say, but they say, were under eighteen. I was gonna say a small child using the word "shaken up" is kind of hard for me to believe. I was going to play this. I'm glad yeah, you had I've... fun while everyone else had to watch an adult man jerk your little boy dick off. <laughs> but wow, oh, yeah. So that's some carnival news. That's um, it's hot off the presses yeah. carnival news. 
Oh, it's probably one in. Is it um? Is it like an actual amusement park, or was it like a one of those state fair type things? Uh, sounds like an actual amusement park. Cedar Point Park in oh. Sandusky, Ohio. Holy shit, Cedar Point. I used to go there all the time. Yeah, Cedar Point's probably got the best roller coasters on the east side of the country, too. It's, uh, it's right and on Lake apparently Erie. The, uh, apparently the a Ferris wheel that's great for fucking on. Well, now maybe uh, maybe it'll attract tourists uh, like who want to have public sex on Ferris wheels, and then that's what Cedar, Cedar Point will become known for. Yeah, he'll stop being Cedar Point and start being Semen Point. <laughs> oh, God. hi I like women with big, giant tits and big asses. Well, that's, um... So, what do you got? Yeah, what do you got? Uh, well, let me let me read some headlines for you and see what you want to talk... I want to hear about. Um, this is, uh, from WWLP Massachusetts Local News. Sewage discharge warning for Connecticut River. Um... Which I just like yeah, the word sewage. Let's and hear about that. Well, let me let me give you a couple more headlines because you got a lot of options and they're all very different. Um, here we go. Two Lake Washington beaches closed after sewage spill. This is all from the last three or four days. Um, Probably all from the same storm. <laughs> here we go. Um, here's from the Guardian. England's England's sewage crisis. A okay, Tory that's the one to that's the one to read. <laughs> um, right. I mean. Even here in Toronto, we've had a bunch of beach closures around the city because of the uh, storm sewers overflowing and flooding the the sewage sewers, mm. leading to unprocessed discharge into Lake Ontario. Well, if you remember, Bill Gates came up with a solution for that. It was all, all poop water. The poop water into drinkable water. But um, So here we go from The Guardian. Untreated sewage pouring into coastal waters around England is far from the only crisis afflicting the UK in this worrying summer. But there could be a few more dispiriting signs of the state we are in, other than the fact that the holidaymakers on some of our most popular beaches are being warned to stay out of the sea because of the risk to their health from swimming with feces, while the majority of rivers are on red alert. It says red alert in quotes. I would have called it brown alert if I was writing this article, but, you know. Yeah, brown alert sounds more <laughs> realistic. Yeah. Red, red alert is like when when all the women in the nation are menstruating simultaneously. Oh, because poop is funny. I didn't have anything for that, but uh, uh, in some locations, including <laughs> Little Terrible, it's pretty bad. Little Hampton and West Sussex, there are no working monitors, meaning that there is no way to measure poop pollution. It says measure pollution. I threw in the poop, but uh, this article goes on. Um, they are the general. The general thing is they're saying we need more, we need to pay the poop people more to keep the poop from getting in the water. That way more people will be monitoring it because they'll pay to monitor the poop, the poop people. So uh, in the last Are saying years, that again five times fast? <laughs> in the last three years, 12 chief executives took home $58 million between them, with several taking lucrative second, second jobs, advising other companies on pay. So this it kind of turns into, well, the, the, little, peon, the little poop peons aren't getting paid enough for their poop problems. And so nobody's doing that, and the people up top are keeping all the money, and it's causing a crisis of a worker shortage because they're not paying the poop people enough to look at the poop. So, yeah, so Britain is just continuing its descent into a uh, corrupt uh, Middle Eastern regime, it sounds like. Yeah. Um, then they start talking about climate change, of course, halfway down. Of course, because, because you know, pollution, climate change, uh, the warmer it gets, the more people poop, I suppose. I do have a related BBC article, and Ooh. the headline of this is, Why is raw sewage pumped into the sea? Would you like to find out? 
uh, because they've got no better place to put it. <laughs> yeah. Well, also, I mean, think about how, how many aquatic creatures live in the sea. They're already pooping in there. Yeah. And like, what do they? What do they think? What do they think happens with the with the sea creature poop? Exactly. It's not like it goes through processing center. Most of the ocean is piss and shit at this. Point. I think we, it's pretty clear. Yes, that's that's why it, I don't water. Never drink this stuff. <laughs> Fish fucking it. Uh, but they, the, your sodas and beers and all your beverages are made out of water. So that's yeah. But water. at least at least with those, the wa- the water gets like you know. Um, boiled and stuff and then all the all the yeah so so it ends up it ends up being better for you i mean the whole brewing process right means like there's the alcohol to kill off all the all the diseases and everything in it that's why like back in the middle ages and even up into like the late 1800s uh workers outdoors they weren't given water to drink they were given beer dude i was was, uh, it was a lot more sanitary yeah yeah, pirate ships too. You're literally in a well, vast area of water, or not just pirate ships, but just ships in general. And that for like f- that 500 year span, it was mostly alcohol you would drink on a boat, not water. Yep, watered down rum, grog. Uh, all right. So BBC, why is sewage pumped into the seas and rivers? Most of the UK has a combined sewage system, meaning that both rainwater and wastewater from toilets, bathrooms, and kitchens are carried in the same pipelines to a sewage treatment works. The Environment Agency, EA, not to be confused with EA, the uh, EA Sports that's in company. the game, video game company. They haven't made a good one in a while. Uh, which covers England, says capacity can be exceeded at times during heavy rainfall, especially when the dry... This is exactly what you just said. So maybe they're not even intentionally dumping it into the ocean. But, oh, for this reason, the system is, to, is designed to have overflow capacity and occasionally discharge excess wastewater directly into the sea and rivers. So I guess their excuse is, well, you'd rather us put it in the ocean than have it flowing through the streets of your town. Yeah, which is a fair. Uh, I think it's a fair reason. Um, yeah, I mean, I I would rather I would rather like the sewage go into the lake rather than like down my street. You want to take a guess of how many times that overflow was used and raw sewage was pumped into the rivers and seas in the year twenty twenty one? I would I would assume probably one out of every three days. Um, it's a little more than that. Raw sewage Uh-oh. was pumped, according to the BBC, raw sewage was pumped into rivers and seas in England about 375,000 times in 2021. Oh, God. So, that, <laughs> so what's the math on that? That's like, uh, that's, that's like a thousand like, times uh, a day. Like, it's more than a thousand yeah. times a day. <laughs> wow. That's a lot of shit water. Yeah, really. Uh, it was all, all poop water. Well... Um, but uh, yeah, at least at least here, right in uh, in a lot of places, other than like the really old cities in the U.S., uh, the sewage systems are are separate for storm and wastewater, and it's it's kind of weird that there's the overflow from one to the other in some places like Toronto, where. If one over, if one gets too full, it overflows into the other. Uh, you think that? You think that? I mean, especially, especially with the sort of money that used to pour into Britain, they would have started refitting it to be like that. But I assume, I guess not. I think we should just shoot all the poop into space. Hey, that that would work, yeah. And but then we won't. I don't make- think I don't think Elon would be opposed to that. It would mean more money for him. 
Yeah, but then also, like, what if we attract, like, a poop harvesting alien, advanced alien culture that, like, feeds on poop or fuels their sh ships with poop or something, and then we attract unwanted attention because they trace the the uh, trajectory of all those poop dumps back to the Earth, and we got a bunch of poop if they're aliens. If they're if they're dumb enough to power their spaceships with, uh, with poop, I would assume that we would easily be able to turn first contact into a great trading relationship with them well hey man we give we give them we give them our raw poop and they give us all sorts of crazy space tech from all over the universe yeah i was about to say doc brown powered the delorean in 2015 with banana peels and garbage so why not poop uh the yeah. doctor fusion or whatever that was um well yeah, mr fusion <laughs> mr fusion that's right wrapping up um my uh poop segment i have a clip or two on this topic uh, we have five local news let's this out a day at the beach can be ruined by all sunburn seagulls and sometimes sewage in fact bexhill beach was closed for two days last week after this that's raw sewage pouring straight in southern water say there was an electrical oh man that's Wednesday, just a river of brown it, shooting out like a cannon they're showing oh them. god she went for a dip three days earlier looking down and when you're up to here and you just got poo <laughs> floating around you is um it makes you feel quite sick tracy was soon after diagnosed with a respiratory infection this should never have happened and it puts a big impact on people when you're ill it's not great when you're ill because of somebody else's negligence that's horrendous the water company have apologized for the sewage dump saying they know it causes stress understandably it's putting a lot of people off coming down to distress the water. and terry more like it yeah yeah distress and terry <laughs> uh and here's the channel at, le four. at least here yeah. At least here, there's like when when there's a a dump like that, is most of the facilities aren't actually near any active beaches. But in but also like we have we have people who go and every day, sometimes multiple times a day, test the water on site at each of the city beaches for E. coli and other and other like viruses and bacteria and other things that make you sick and can close the beaches down as needed but if and i know that uh that's a whole ocean away literally from uh where we're talking about right now but if if they're if the sewage is being dumped over a thousand times a day on average into the water what are you gonna test the water a thousand times a day no and but there are ways that they could do things. They could have diffusers, right? Where essentially you have a big long pipe that goes out for, I don't know, a mile or two. And the last half mile of it has a bunch of, has a bunch of holes. So the stuff you pump down there, it just spreads out over an area that's like way off the shore, right? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. But the, the current and the waves take everything towards the shore. Well, it, that's more of a problem if if somebody's like dropping a lot of floaters. <laughs> uh, mo most most shit sinks, right? So if you if you got like a sludge pipe like go, going out, sink. right? If you got a shit pipe that goes out like two or three miles <laughs> off the coast and diffuses along the last half mile of that, then you end up like you know most of that shit shouldn't come back. Yeah, I guess you're right. Um, I got uh, one more quickie. Well, it's it's not quickie, but I'm not going to play the whole thing. This is uh, from the BBC uh, news report, basically, of that same story. 
This is what an area poop. of outstanding natural beauty looks like. Chichester Harbour, a playground for the people who live here. They might love being on the water, but many worry about what could be in it. Dun, dun. Paul Sardar would happily float for hours dun, in his dun. kayak. He Hold on, did, dun, dun, did dun, she dun, say dun, dun, he dun, would dun. happily fellate for hours? Okay, let me... Uh, he, would happy f he, he would happily float for hours. Paul Sardar would happily float for hours. Float. Float. She's British. Flate. She says float. She was trying to say float, but she said float. 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 in it. <laughs> Paul Sardar would happily float for hours in his kayak. He calls himself a citizen scientist. He's so concerned about sewage pollution, he's taking water samples to be tested. The harbours, we love them. We spend lots of time in there on a weekly basis, and uh, we love them for their the scenery, the wildlife. What we oh, find what's that? difficult. Get my binoculars out. That oh, that's the, a fucking turd. The creatures that live in this harbour are being harmed <laughs> by the pollution that goes into it. I find it upsetting when we're out and we see condoms, toilet paper, <laughs> and excrement floating. Condoms. Condominiums. This community is now taking matters into their own hands. They're part of a growing movement of people across the country who've lost faith in the Environment Agency's ability to protect England's waterways. So it just showed about 20 people. So hold, up, hold on. Up, wait, hold wait. On. Yeah, the people themselves, about... <laughs> right? The people themselves are now, are now taking control of the situation. Well, holy shit! They should have been doing that from the get-go. The, the, what the, happens? What happens when the government gets involved? Things turn to shit, or shitty things get even get more shit in them. But, right? But when she said they're taking things into their own hands, that showed a line of about twenty people all putting like plastic blue gloves on, like rubber gloves. And I'm just imagining. Oh, they're they're taking they're taking shit into, into their, their own, own hands. hands. <laughs> So I'm imagining what's I haven't watched this yet, but I'm imagining what's about to happen is they're just gonna start walking around in the water picking up turds, but we'll see. A bucket brigade of <laughs> They're walking in the water. Now. Somebody grabs somebody grabs a turd, hands it to the next person, they hand it off. It's an assembly line. Why not just leave this an assembly line? I feel like they've had an awfully long time to deal with it and saying to do something about it and year after year passes needs to be the same pro by starting projects, citizen science projects like this. It gives us a sense of hope that maybe we can take a bit of control and we can actually push for positive change. Push, but it's squeeze not one just out. sewage in the harbour that people are worried about. <laughs> Nearby is the River Lavin. This okay, is... Laventory? <laughs> I mean, do you want to continue on with this? I think we get the idea. Thank you. Yeah, I, we get the idea. Right. We we actually have like where where my family has cottages. There's actually a couple people on the lake there who do the whole citizen science scientist thing, uh, doing like regular regular tests of the water. Not just not just like the like the tests where you say like how much crap is in it, but things like clarity tests where you have like the discs that you put in at different levels under the water and and see like how well you can see them at the different depths right things like that so we actually we actually have like every year the cottage association gets a report on the health of the lake which is uh, which is really neat and the uh, the ministry the ministries here that would normally be responsible for such a thing they they just leave it up to us. You're on your own, fuckers. Well, as I see it, as I see it, better that uh, better that we do that and 
if we have costs, if we can get those reimbursed, right? Rather than rather than the usual bureaucratic incompetence and overspending by having some consultancy firm uh, say use these other consultancy firms to do this work and that work and some other work and you know just graft all the way down. Yeah, before you know it, they're going to legislate like how big dumps you can take and how often you can take dumps because it's polluting the water supply. You're going to have a bunch of shit sheriffs running around. <laughs> yeah, you're they're they're going to measure they're going to measure uh, shape, size, firmness. They're going to start demanding people have square poops like uh, was it for wombats or stacking, koalas for easy stacking. Yeah, and so <laughs> <laughs> shit sheriffs. Yeah, fuck that. Reminds me of the yeah. toilet toilet safety administration in South Park. <laughs> so let me check inside you asshole, sir. Yeah, uh, Booberry's point saying there's docs on this already out of Canada. Not a joke. And no, we do have we do have people testing our sewage water here to say like, oh, so many people have the coof or other diseases and we're measuring it out of the shits we fish out of the sewer that's bureaucracy at work it was all all poop water just imagine going shit fishing now got a, <laughs> dude i caught a 12 i caught pounder. a big one i caught a 12 pounder dude oh my god, oh god. shit the size of a baby yeah open mouth bass open mouth ass there's a lot of jokes you can <laughs> This is a scam. I've, I've, I've uh, <laughs> taken enough, enough of your time with the uh, the poop stuff. Uh, but yeah, yeah uh, what else you got? Why is this guy still on? So here's here's something else. Apparently, apparently, the images that are coming out of the James Webb Space Telescope about uh, stuff that's far off and in the past. Yeah, the, one of the crazy things is like. When you're taking when you're taking those pictures of of like faraway galaxies, you're not just taking a picture of something that's like distant in in space, but also distant in time. It's essentially, like time travel photography. And what they're finding out is that is that some of the things from the Big Bang theory are not actually are not actually there. They're not seeing the sort of spreading out of distant old galaxies that they expected. And now it's like some people are like, hey, what if the Big Bang didn't happen? Yeah, I've, I've seen something about this. I haven't played, paid very close attention, but um, I've always been skeptical of the like, I'm not like, a, you know, six day creationist by any means. But I've been skeptical of the entirety of the origin story of the universe and life itself. So, um, but the thing is like with, I don't want to get into a space is fake discussion any more than I want to get into a space is real discussion, but most of these aren't real cameras, right? It's just, uh, renderings of basically code that they're getting back from not quite telescopes, but lasers that they point out there and stuff. Like how does all that, I don't know. I think there is still some actual like kind of photography. I mean, at the, at the very least there is still... Like, at the concept of a camera being a device that picks up radiation that uh, strikes it, right, and records that, it's a camera, right? I mean, when you look at, when you look at a, like, an old film camera, what it, what it essentially is doing is the, 
the light radiation that hits it, right, uh, gets stored on the film, right, based on, thanks to the lens. And then when you develop that, right, it, you're, uh, you're putting in uh, colors and inks to match the different, the different, like, uh, wavelengths of the radiation that have soaked into the film. Um, I can just take out my LG cell phone and just click and it's there. It doesn't take like weeks or months to process whatever they're like. It does sometimes with their uh, telescopic pictures. Yeah. Well, part of that is because of, uh, of like red shifting, right? When something, when something is moving rapidly away from you, right? The, the light is shifted and it like the, I don't know really how well to explain this. If, if, if it was Abel Kirby with us right now, he'd be like like virtually throwing crap my way for for how I'm describing this. Oh well, no, that's why but, it's great uh, he's not but essentially, here because like, I can talk about yeah. how space is fake since he's not here. And yeah. but like how fake. it is is that because because of how distant these things are and how fast they're moving, they're at a point they're at a point where the light that we're picking up isn't in our isn't in our visual range at all, right? So they have to, you know, shift it back to to have something that we can actually look at. Otherwise, what you are what you are looking at is well, really no different than the raw data you get out, out of like a digital camera or or on unprocessed uh, film. It it needs that it it all needs that processing. Like even when you take a digital camera picture, it's got to go and say, okay, for this particular picture element, we got so much, so much of the red wavelength light and so much of the blue wavelength light and so much of the green. And then take that and like say, okay, so this is, this is what the color should be for this particular pixel. Right. And, and it does a whole, like, especially now, there's a whole shitload of processing that's involved in those, in those digital cameras to get the pictures that you actually see. And pretty much, pretty much with the things like the space telescopes is, it's that, but the, the data crunching is more involved in on bigger amounts of data. But what about like the videos of the astronauts and stuff saying like, we just kind of pick whatever picture, like whatever color we want this to look like, like this uh, supernova or this planet or this cluster of stars. We just, we just like, we're like, oh yeah, we did blue last time. Let's make this one orange. And they like, they say that. So it's like, when I hear that, I'm like, well, how much of this is even real data? <laughs> because hear... it's, because it's like, they're, they're essentially saying like, this is how much we're, we're shifting. Right. And, You've got that sort of thing too. Like there's there's stuff like that in photo editors, uh, histogram stuff. I think where you can where you can adjust where you can adjust that right. And they're essentially they're essentially doing that to produce something that other people can look at. It's not that they're using that as the actual data that they're working on, right? They're Do just you think that or, those the... picture those pictures that you see in like the news articles and magazines and stuff. Yeah, those are those are dolled up. So that so that the non-scientists who are reading this can go, ooh, pretty. Yeah, right? so rather that, than so that the plebs will rather be okay than with looking at like a table that says like that like breaks down like the the different the different wavelengths of radiation picked up at each particular point 
through the lens. So do you think the Earth or do you sorry, do you think the moon and sun are different distances from the Earth or do you think the moon and sun are both the same distance from the Earth? The moon is definitely closer than the sun from the Earth. Okay, I don't know. That's what I that's what they tell me. I don't know. Though. But anyway, <laughs> let's let's get back to the Big Bang itself, because um, I think I derailed you. Yeah. So the the Big Bang, I mean, the Big Bang Theory only showed up in the 1930s. I thought it showed there up in the a, early 2000s with that Sheldon guy. I'm talking about the theory itself, not that shitty <laughs> TV show. I uh, hate that show, by the so way. It's so bad. It, dude, it, it's is, like... it is blackface for nerds. Straight up, blackface for nerds. A bunch of fucking Hollywood types went, hey, people People seem to like the whole geek thing right now. Let's, let's pretty much take some actors and... And pretty much make a minstrel show out of them, dude. When out Darren of the, out of the out of the nerds and geeks. <laughs> when I heard Darren say that was one of his like, he thought that show was hilarious. I was just like, oh no. I yeah, think <laughs> I I find that show insulting. <laughs> I think Sir Gene said it best because um, I'm a huge Arrested Development fan, and I heard I heard Sir Gene say the Big Bang Theory is a show about smart people for dumb people, and uh, Arrested Development is a show about dumb people for smart people. I was like, yeah, I like that. He's not wrong. Yeah, it, but, it happens from time to time. Sometimes Sir Gene is actually right about things. Uh, but uh, so the so the Big Bang theory. Apparently, Sir Bemrose it, said that, not Sir Gene. Okay, I at least that's what he's claiming in the chat. He's probably right. It was probably two years ago when I heard this. I probably heard it on Grumpy Old Ben's. So Sir Bemrose is probably right. Sorry about that, Sir Bemrose. I'm misattributing quotes here. But so the so. I haven't followed it enough. Are the is mainstream science starting to admit like, well, we might have been wrong about that whole expanding universe Big Bang thing? Or are they still holding on to it pretty? Hard? Oh no, it's still it's still very much a Big Bangers uh, ball. <laughs> uh, it's it's hard to even get funding if you don't if you don't go. Yeah, Big Bang, Big Bang, good. Let's all Big Bang together. Right? <laughs> oh, but anyway, the, the 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 theory itself, the theory itself only showed up in the 1930s out of out of a Belgian Catholic priest mm -hmm. and uh, flat earthers love to bring that the, up by the way that the yeah. fact that a priest came up with the big bang theory yeah well I mean at the time the the prevailing theory was was the was that the universe had just always been and wasn't really changing right of uh, what was it something something state it was another s word and the whole the whole idea that that the universe just like started at once and expanded like out of nothing right was something that a lot of people thought yeah this is something only a, only a catholic could come up with <laughs> uh well um I guess... no servo not solid state universe uh there's a poop joke in there somewhere but uh probably if you don't have any, because I I know we're steady um, state. Steady state. Um, I definitely don't want us to end the show before we hear the camel news you brought. Oh, uh, I want I want to go on a little bit more about the Big Bang. Anyways. Okay. So okay. one of the things that I came across is there's an article uh, by a guy who wrote a book called The Big Bang Never Happened, and this guy has been like very much anti Big Bang for his entire career, and like. So of course he's gonna write he's gonna write this article because I mean this is his whole thing. He points out that uh, 
that one paper about the about what was showing up with the with the Big Bang started off like not in not in the uh, what's it called the the opening part, but the first the first sentence of the actual paper itself said panic because of oh actually I just opened it and no it doesn't so this guy's this guy's lying the paper doesn't doesn't begin with the explanation panic yes the abstract serpents got it so I'm looking at the paper now and no it doesn't start off with panic does it start the, with panic the, exclamation point at the disco no it okay. it actually starts with the James Webb Space Telescope JWST was launched on December 25th 2021 with its first operational image released to the public on July 11 2022 by US President Joe Biden which is a lot wordier and a lot less uh, terror forming than panic we choose truth over facts wait so did you say terror forming or terraforming terror forming terror forming okay yes there, there was a bit of a joke in there because of how close it is to terraforming <laughs> i'm gonna do an elon musk laugh ready <laughs> that's how he laughs that's <laughs> when he's on rogan that's <laughs> kind of pathetic it's it's because he's trying to act like a human being <laughs> anyway but yeah um, the the whole idea is is really interesting. I'm not sold one way or the other. All I hope for is that the idea that the universe is just going to keep expanding until it turns into just like a primordial soup of subatomic particles. I just don't like that. Well, one of the ways I've heard explained that the universe continues to expand is every single molecule and atom and subatomic particle is all getting bigger and therefore creating everything to get further and further out, but everything is growing at the exact same rate. So there's no quantifiable way to measure that anything is getting bigger because all your measurements and comparisons and everything are also getting bigger at that simultaneous rate. If that's happening though, then, then we would at least have the appearance of a steady state universe anyways, right? Right. Yeah. There wouldn't be, there wouldn't be any indication one way or the other whether the universe is expanding or contracting. I like the Hindu idea that the uh, it's like a breath. The universe is like a living um, breath in and breath out that, you know, may take trillions of years and it fully contracts and then ex expands out and creation exists and then it slowly contracts to a pinpoint and that's like an infinite thing it does back and forth as far instead of like a virtual yeah, there's a infinite expansion. There's a term for that as well. They, they, there's a theory about that, uh, like where it alternates between bangs and crunches, uh, or like bugles <laughs> I, and cool I ranch Doritos. Bangs and crunches. That sounds like snack food. Bangs and crunches. Big bounce. That's it. Bizzle in the chat says hi. I came to ask here if it was static state that you were looking. No, it wasn't static state. It was steady state. So yeah, okay. the big bounce is a cosmological model that that suggests that the big bang happens and then the universe expands to a point where it can't expand anymore starts contracting until it crunches and then the result of that crunch is another big bang so yeah it's like the it's like the you know the different the different man worlds or the different hindu yugas right where where it's just eternal but it just or like the Kalpas in in the uh, Elder Scrolls games, 
where they say like eventually eventually the everything rewinds back to back to the point of convention and then time starts again yeah i could buy that i could buy that more than i can the um a lot of things put out by nasa um it seems like a lot of guesswork honestly and they it like- is a lot of guesswork but i mean given that a lot of these things are not even things we can really measure a lot of cosmology isn't really isn't really like science so much as it is like metaphysics yeah and and uh quantum just quantum well that's a whole different uh that's a whole different like uh i was gonna say quantum physics or quantum mechanics but then i just was like no it'd be funnier just quantum quantum leap you ever see that show no no but i did see i did see the show starring the the other show starring the guy from it enterprise Oh yeah. I might be the only person who actually enjoyed watching Enterprise apart from the fourth season. Mm. Uh yeah, I, I don't know anything about Star Trek, which is weird because most of the shows I listen to like Nick the Rat, OBDM, you guys you guys all know about Star Trek and I don't know anything about Star Trek. So I hear you all Honestly, talk about Star Trek. Honestly, it was go, better mm-hmm. it was better before JJ Abrams got involved. I the only Star Trek like, I actually so watched many things. The thing, yeah, the like, only thing so I watched many was the Shatner Spock one. That's the only one I actually watched the whole series. Ah, uh, the original series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kevin Costner. So what's so, yeah, this camel news? I gotta know. Okay, so did you know that the U.S. Army might have switched from horses and mules to camels to move things around? What? Yeah. Uh, there was there was an experiment that uh, went on for decades to see how well camels would work for for like carrying carrying stuff across the United States in the field essentially rather than using horses and mules so like you would you know like when the army would go on patrol through the southwest right the the idea would be that instead of instead of riding horses and having all their stuff on pack mules they'd all be they'd all be camel jockeys going through going through the wastes and you know you know why the you know why the experiment pretty much came to uh, a failure because it was hard to import all those camels nope because people because were making of, too many camel toe jokes nope because of bureaucracy and then the and then the war the civil war Dude, can you? Well, also, aren't camels kind of freaking slow, or is that just like a myth? That is actually a myth. Because I worked they found, with camels, they found but they were all in experiments that yeah, that apart from like their ornery behavior and the need to <laughs> handle them differently than you would uh, horses and mules, they would they consumed much less food, they consumed much less water, and they would actually move across the. Uh, the territories of the southwest faster than faster than the same forces would okay. on horses so it's like a slow it's like a tortoise in the hair slow and steady wins the race their top speed is nowhere near a horse but they can just keep going and going whereas horses have to rest and sleep longer is that the idea actually um like what's the given top that speed they of have, a camel have you seen a camel race before no I they didn't aren't they, yeah they're they're camel races in fact Believe it or not, but Australia is one of the biggest exporters of camels for racing. Jesus Christ, 40 miles an hour 
is yeah. what they can get up to, and their average they can average twenty five miles per hour for one hour. Wow, I worked with camels for like three straight years in this um, stage production show. It's like big, um, it's like a big budget stage show. And during the Christmas show, it was like a touristy thing up in the Smoky Mountains, Pigeon Forge, uh, Smoky, the uh, Smoky Mountain Opry, I think. That's what, yeah, that's what, and um, our Christmas shows, we had like four or five camels. And, you know, they were so domesticated, we'd never see them run because, you know, we had to handle these animals and they were stu- super tall. But I got I must have gotten spit on by those camels at least fifty times. And they just hawk big old loogies at you. It's nasty. They're like llamas that way. Yeah. Well, you know you know why they always have that to spit? It's cause like cows, they regurgitate and chew their own cud. I thought you were gonna say come. No. But that's uh but yeah, so that's it was actually more difficult for them getting the initial bunch of camels than maintaining them once they were stateside. Or getting more camels later on, and it's n- it's not like they had to, they had to keep bringing in more camels from overseas. Those initial populations, uh, well handled, would breed, and they did. There were a whole bunch of uh, camel calves born uh, during transport, and then even more in the states where the camels were based out of. That's a good piece of American history, camel American. They, the guy who the guy who encouraged the army to make use of camels was none other than Jefferson Davis in his uh, in his days in the U.S. Senate and then as the Secretary of War. Wow! Now, yeah. who invented the camel? God? Maybe I don't know. Um, let's let's see who invented the camel. Because I would I would guess God, but like Google's not going to tell you that. No, of course not. Um, Google, uh, Google is a heathen. In 1913, Reynolds Tobacco introduced Camel cigarettes containing a blend of several different types of tobacco, a blend that would come to be called the American Blend, or Camels. There you go. And yet Camels were traveling across the United States in the 1850s. Yeah, well, I was that was Camel cigarettes, and you're talking about Camel animals. Yeah, um, I was always um, talking about the animals. I know. <laughs> Bad joke. Um, so, here we, so here we go. Donkey... Maxes out at about 15 miles per hour. Cattle maxes out at 25 miles per hour. Horses can go 55 miles per hour, but they cannot maintain as steady of a pace as a camel can. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Yeah, I when you're today. when you're riding a horse, when you're riding a horse fast, you're switching them out uh, very frequently because if you if you drive them too long, their I believe their hearts will explode. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Why wouldn't they just? That's stop? why, like, that's why, like, those uh, those messenger lines that they had from like the Roman era right up until like the age of the automobile, you'd have like a horse post like every few miles because like you would run the horse ragged and jump onto the next one to get uh, to get the message you're bearing to its destination. Now a kangaroo can go forty three miles per hour, which is faster than. A three miles per hour faster than a camel. Yeah, but kangaroos don't really allow people to ride them. And even if they did, like, how would you fit a saddle on on one of them? Um, you could ride an ostrich, and those go forty three miles an hour as well. You could if you're, I guess, if you're a kid or like a horse jockey, you know, like tiny like that and right. very light. Cause they got those, they got, they got like the spindly little legs, right? It's yeah, amazing they, they can hold up their own body weight. Oh, they weigh like three hundred pounds, don't they? 
Yeah, and that's why it's like, it's amazing that they can hold up their own body weight. But if you think about it, like chickens proportionately have bigger bodies than their legs. And ants, you know, even ants can carry things yeah, but, 50 times their size. So ant, ants are, ants are like, because of their, of their small size, that they can do that sort of thing. And with chickens, right, they have, they have very short legs. So it's not, it's not like they have to, have to, like, lift themselves up that far. They're not fighting gravity nearly as much as an ostrich would, right? Because their smaller size also means they have a smaller weight. Ostriches are, are just fucking crazy. Them and emus. <laughs> it's a fucking emu. Yes, yeah. yeah. Emu, and you know what? People think ostriches are so great. And I have to say, ostriches have nothing on emus. Because emus fought a fucking war with the Australians and yeah, won. That's, that's true. And they're ten over. They're twelve miles per hour slower than the ostrich. Yeah, but still, even if they're slower, they're still, they still fast enough war. to dodge bullets. Yeah, man, this has been animal talk yeah. on rare encounter, hasn't it? You got any <laughs> other stories? Uh, they're just more poop stories. Uh, you can give me, eh, give me what you disgusting. got. That's <laughs> disgusting. Uh, the one last thing that I do have here is, uh, have you ever heard of Foon? This guy on Twitter with the handle Foon. How do you spell F-O-O-N-E. it? F-O-O-N-E. Okay. Let me do a quick Goog. Let me see. Or Twit. I'm, okay. I'm, so I'm he posts these like big crazy threads every so often about different things, about like old tech and uh, different bots he's come up with, things like that. And a while ago, uh, this was back in 20, 2018, actually. He did a thread about how how our eyes work. And, well, actually, how our brains work to to decode the signals from our eyes into what we see. And right. he like started off the message, with this. To decode the, yeah. the signals into the direct experience. Yeah. Now, he, he, real, sorry, he I just have to interrupt real with, quick. Yeah. Foon tweeted one hour ago. This is his most recent tweet. So much for the lactose intolerant left. <laughs> uh, just to give you a, a new update on Foon. But yeah, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. So this thread started off with the question, you want to know something about how bullshit insane our brains are? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so there's a physical problem with our eyes. We move them in short, fast bursts called saccades, right? Very quick, synchronized movements. The only problem is they go all blurry and useless during this. Having your vision turn into a blurry mess every time you move your eyes is obviously not a good idea, so our brains hide it from us. Now imagine you're an engineer and you have this problem. You've got some obvious solutions you could do. One, make the vision go black during movement. Some VR games do this. And two, keep, just keep showing the last thing we saw prior to movement. Both are good options with different downsides, but oh no. This is assuming everything makes sense and is chronological and regular logical. Your brain does neither of these options, really. First, it basically puts your visual system on pause. You're not seeing blackness or even nothing, you're just not seeing, period. Then when you finish your saccade, it shows you what you now see at the new position, and then it pretends it can time travel. It seriously shows you the image at the new point, but time shifts it backwards, so that it seems like you were seeing it the whole time your eyes were moving. And because your brain is not a computer with a consistent clock, this shit works. Wait, so <clears throat> it's time travel? Yeah, our our brains like do some 
timey-wimey bullshit with the signals from our eyes. I still have no idea what this means. So the best thing, the best statement from this thread to me is, so while I firmly believe we're basically just overgrown biological computers, we're apparently computers programmed by batshit insane drunkards in Visual Basic 5. You understand? Okay, so let me see if I got this straight. When you when your eyeballs change direction, there's no way to receive data simultaneous with eye movement, so it would just be blackness that you were seeing or a frozen static image of what you were just looking at. But instead of that happening, what you're about to be looking at somehow gets shifted into your experience before you look at it? Kinda? I don't understand. So, so it just like... It's just like, you know, like, you turn off the monitor, and then once you're done moving it, you turn it back on again, right? But see, while you were describing all this, and I your was brain looking just, around your brain just the pretends, Your brain just pretends what you're seeing after you turn it back on is what you saw uh, during the time it was off. But I can, right? I can literally... Like, I'm so looking, it's like... I'm, I, I'm not looking directly at it, but out of the corner of my eye, I see a... Uh, shag rug up against the wall like a shag carpet thing now yeah i am i'm not focusing my attention on it but i see it kind of up above in my peripheral and now i'm going to slowly send my eyes over there and there's not any type of i just it looks like just a steady fluid motion of like oh and now i'm looking right at it yeah because it's essentially taking each frame of uh, a visual data and making you think that it was it was happening between each frame well if that's the case then i mean we already know the human mind is capable of creating visual and auditory hallucinations um but if you're so basic so it's almost like um movement vision is in its own way like a hallucination so so here's the here's the other thing as well right your vision pauses for like half a second or so right and and yet things don't appear to stutter because there's even more weird shit that goes on in your brain that makes you like hallucinate that things aren't stuttering and that instead things are moving smoothly. So what's coming into your brain, right? Because it just like stops taking signals from the eyes during the during these stochastic movements, right? It's then like you know, like going back and editing the film as it's being played, sort of like that. Uh, I am pretty smart, yay. This is. <laughs> and you know what else? You know what else is fucked up? What? The way that our eyes, that our eyes are, we've got like this big, these big spots inside our eyes where where we can't see anything. We have like actual blind spots in oh, each yeah. eye because. Because, yeah, the nerves actually come into the eye and then flip around and are on top of the of the cone and rod cells instead of behind them, right? The and so, and so the you have this, like, region. Cell. Yeah, so you have this region where you just, there is no vision at all. And yet, and yet, like, our eyes make up, make up like, that there is stuff there. That even though we can't see what's there... It because the because the eye movements and stuff, it's like, yeah, that stuff's really there. It's now. OK, so could that be part of the explanation as to why um, 
you'll is that the same phenomenon that your brain fills in gaps like either if it's dark or if you see like um like a jacket hanging maybe on a coat hanger or something and you're not expecting to see it there you immediately see like a the figure of a person just for a split second or something like that where is it the same phenomenon there where your brain fills in the gaps and assumes that it's like uh something that it's not or um i'm trying to think of another example i think that's i think that's a different that's a different thing this is this is more about like if you if you think of what you're getting getting through your eyes right is as a film it's like there's somebody editing the film at, between it being recorded and between it being played, and this is all happening on like one reel of film in real time, right? Open up your eyes, man. And what you're what you're talking about is more like a is more like the thing where where the part part of it is how like we anthropomize things, and the other part is how we have like fight or flight instincts, right? And right. so things things that we don't that we see but we can't like really parse we tend to we tend to see as something as something that will like heighten our attention which is why like somebody's coat hanging in a dark room looks like it's somebody about to lunge at you with a knife. Yeah, I'll tell you what's crazy that I just realized. We are built we have a built-in fight or flight response, right? Yeah. But we don't have wings. How fucked up is that? We can't even fly well, away. Not flight as in flying like that. <laughs> they call it fight or flight, but that's also because flight can mean like running away. Well, then why did they call it flight or run? Just didn't. It's not it doesn't roll off the tongue as well, I guess. No, it doesn't roll off the tongue nearly as well. Yeah, I couldn't even get it out. So here's something else. There is a there is like what's called the hyoid canal, which is like this area in the eye that goes from where the optic nerve comes in to the lens that doesn't have any of the liquid the eye the eyeball juice in it eyeball juice yeah are, are those like the um is that like an eyeball with like uh the curly hair and the yarmulke no 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 like like if you if you squeeze an orange right you get juice out of it like that sort of juice juice gotcha like the yeah like oj okay yeah Here's here's something else. The part the part of our like the the whole retina of the eye, right, has the has cells that let us see, but the part that lets us see in color is a very small part of that. But we see everything in color because because essentially what it's doing is like you know how on uh, Turner classic movies they take these black and white movies and they colorize them, right? right Your brain like is doing that. Like yeah, your brain is doing that. But how in do we real know time? all this? this it is, is, it is just saying... Like, how do they it, even know this? Like, this, like they're like, dog. you know, dogs see in black and white. It's like, how would you know that unless you're a dog? Because, because we can determine these things experimentally. We don't notice them normally because our brain prevents us from doing so. But when we're, when we're studying this stuff with somebody else's eyes, then we notice these things and then we can extrapolate from there when you've done enough experiments with enough different people that yeah this is how it's working and it's fucking voodoo damn so have you ever drank eyeball juice no not yet okay. well, let me know if you get your hands on some uh don't worry I, i'll let you know if i get eyeball juice and start drinking it you can you can be assured people are gonna know well maybe it's really good and you hide it and don't tell anybody you hide it for yourself that's true i could do that yeah then i don't have to share 
Sharon is Karen, the librarian. Uh, Karen's a bitch. Yeah, so is Sharon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's all the stuff I was bringing in today. That's better than what I had. The eyeball stuff is kind of freaking me out now. I keep looking around the room like, but then I really, but then, then it's like, it's still, everything is still working, so. You know what's even freakier? You know what's even freakier? Um, Inside of you, there's a skeleton. Yeah, I've heard that before. <laughs> yeah. But maybe maybe God made me different. I don't know that there's a skeleton. Actually, no, because I sliced my thigh open when I was a kid and fought, walking on a brick wall, and I saw I saw a little smidge of bone. Yeah, I got a I got a slice of one of my eyebrows when I was in fourth grade, and yeah, that was right to the bone. Right to the boner. Oh, right to the bone. They had to they had to stitch they had to stitch the inside of the skin and the outside. You know, I was listening. I, I like what Anornimor says. You're not a body. You're a brain. You're piloting a bone mech. <laughs> I unfortunately. Yeah, I we're, we're if you think. Yeah, if you think about it. Yeah, we are. We are brains encapsulated in what are essentially small evangelions. Yeah, but would your brain have the same feelings if it was like just in a tank without like the heart connected to it? And if you believe in chakras and all that stuff, like. Would the brain functioning by itself still be able to have emotions without a body? How much of that, how much the soul or the personality is actually in the brain? Do we know? I would assume, I would assume all of it. Everything, everything that our, that our bodies do originate from signals in the brain. Even the, even the stuff that we don't consciously do, like our heartbeats and things, right? It's all controlled by signals from the brain. So if you had some way, if you had some way to to keep the to keep the the blood flowing through the brain that didn't involve the brain, and you stuck it in a jar, and you hooked up you hooked up electrodes to to the nerve endings like from the spinal cord and the optical nerves, how would you even know if the simulation is programmed well enough that you aren't a brain in a jar? Well, yeah, that's definitely true. But like in this simulation, if we took our brain and put it in a jar, first of all, we our personality would always automatically be different because we wouldn't have the testosterone production that affects our personality and our emotions. We wouldn't have sexual urges. I mean, there, and we there'd be we wouldn't have hunger. So there's all these things that affect your personality that the body is influencing the brain with that that influence would be gone. Well, the brain sent the okay. The body sends certain signals to the brain, but it's still the brain that goes okay. That's what these sim signals mean, right? If if I, as a brain in a jar, was shown pictures of hot chicks, right? No, I might not get a physical boner, but but my brain would still get horny. There we go. Squeak that one out, huh? That's a show closer right there, I think. Did that come through on the mic? It, I don't even know what that was. <laughs> it was a fart. Oh, Damn Jesus. It. I thought that would sound better than it did. Sorry. I'll do no, better it, next it time. sounded like a it sounded like you had left and your chair squeaked. Damn it. Yeah, I thought it was gonna be a louder fart. It was it was more of like a than it than it, it or more like a yeah. and then it, I was hoping it would be like a Yeah, one of those big rolling farts. One like of those the, big beefy the, ones. One of the, those that you would make the rolling me, thunder kind of farts. One of those ones that you would make you think I was contributing heavily to uh, water pollution or air pollution. <laughs> well, I did do that. Uh, 
Man. Sir Spencer says, never fart into a pop guard. Oh, yeah. I, uh... I, I kind of want to know why he why he's suggesting this or but at the same time i i'm afraid to find out i haven't done a good you i mean all the good farts i've done on mic involve me picking up the mic and actually getting it close you know all i'm right. sure you well, i'm sure you can i'm sure you can relate to this struggle cold acid i've i've laid some pretty rotten eggs in my time yeah but into a mic i mean oh no not into a mic oh well uh next to people's heads yes <laughs> okay well that's even okay I mean, it's better to do it like over the internet into people's ears than in person yeah. next the, to the worst. The worst time, the worst time for somebody to fart is when you're resting your head on their lap. Oh wait, I, okay, yeah, I had that backwards for a second. Yeah, the best, the worst time for you to fart is when somebody's head is like when somebody's eating your ass. That's probably the worst yeah. time. Yeah, especially if it's a wet one. <laughs> uh, unless they're into that, you know. Well, I don't tend to I don't tend to have sexy times with Germans. It was all all poop water. <laughs> ay ay ay. All right, we got to dig ourselves out of this hole real quick. Yeah, yeah, we got we got to get out of this uh we got to get out of this shit. So, I'm going to read off these these boosts that came in during the show. Uh, and one of them is going to bring us back into that toilet. But uh, the first one, uh well they're both from Booberry. But the first one was for 4444 sats, and he said, Abel Kirby, now with four locos. And that was boosting on last week's episode, and then he boosted the live show itself and said, I misremembered the quote. Also, I'll admit that it sounds gross, but it's a good thing the municipality samples our fecal matter from the sewage pipes. It's part of the platform to analyze data on nutritional diversity, gut bacteria, and antibiotic use to aid with public health screening and fight antibiotic-resistant strains of bacterial infections. And he includes a link, which I suppose I will have to throw into the show notes. Because poop is funny! It's also gross. Um, Any final statements? No, I think, I think we've done all the damage we can do. What do you think? I think so, too. But, uh, yeah, I mean, for all for all the shit, it's been a great show. It's been nice having you on. I had a blast. Thank you, man. Tell yeah. Kirby, uh, Last from the ass. I will. Oh, I do have one statement. April Kirby and I will be doing uh, Pokemon-themed episodes soon. And Battle of the Douchebags, Part 7, this Sunday with Rob Dews. Or just... I had a good woman. But she laid down, honey, and died. Oh, I had a good woman. Keep it fruity, boys. But she laid I think cold acid. Don't you know everybody tell me she wasn't satisfied?